Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920. I'm Cleve Gaddis, and I am joined this beautiful Saturday in the studio by the magnificent Tammy Slay. I said at the beginning of the first segment, she was my lady friend, and I was corrected that that is not what the heck I am supposed to say. She's not my lady friend. She is my girlfriend. She is my exclusive sweetheart. I like my that, My number too. one sweetheart. I like that. In this segment of the show, we're talking negotiating strategy. Why do sometimes people act irrationally? And we're going to talk about how details are, are important in a real estate transaction. That's really what you want a real estate agent for. But I want to circle back, if you don't mind, Tammy. And as we close the first segment, you were talking about foundations. And you're saying, listen, you need a real estate agent that is more proactive in terms of helping you understand what you need to do. Right. And we had to cut you off okay. in order to go to a break. So is there anything else you want to share in that regard? So if you're buying a home in Dallas, Texas, you better have somebody who understands the nature of what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, even before you put a contract in and an offer in, there are signs of within the dirt. You can walk a backyard and you can look at the dirt and determine, is this a community that has very expansive soils? And a seasoned agent would know how to determine, hey, buyer, based upon what I'm seeing in this backyard, it might be helpful that we get somebody out here because the soils are showing indication that this is an expansive area of Dallas. Yeah, and it's not the agent's responsibility to make the decisions on how they right. how a buyer might want to proceed, but it sure is that agent's responsibility to make sure the buyer is aware. So right. if you move into Dallas, Texas, Hip Realty Group is your connection. That's hiprealtygroup.com, and they'll make sure you know everything you're thinking of. As, as I pictured, and we're going to switch to another subject here, but as I pictured walking around the yard, I pictured seeing like dips or divots or holes in the yard as an indication of there's some settling going on due to expansion and control. Traction. It's actually cracks in the yard. Cracks in the yard. Okay, cracks. a crack. Okay, all so right. So you would see this woven, like probably three to Where five inches the, of cracking. The ground's just separating. Uh-huh. The ground is just separating. Okay, fascinating. Tammy Slay. Yes. Sometimes when you are negotiating a real estate transaction, uh, people can act cray cray. Is that a, is that a, an appropriate way to? A, I mean, like yeah. they almost act irrationally. And by the way, if you're listening, I am not saying what they're doing is wrong. Correct. What I'm saying is it seems wrong to the other party. The other party's going, "What the heck is going on?" You love to talk about personal behaviors mm-hmm. and 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 personalities and all that kind of stuff. And you and I were talking the other day from a uh, standpoint of you know when. When do we as people sort of get formed? When do when does the way we look at the world and perceive things, when does that get locked in? Because when you think about it, in order to be an effective negotiator, and this is very important, the reason we're bringing up this up on the show is, uh, this sounds terrible, Tammy, you tell me if you disagree with this, but your average real estate agent is a terrible negotiator. They're not. There is that. Do you agree with that, or am I being too too no, too I hard? No, I agree with that. I they're, agree with that. Not, and they get all emotionally involved as well, right. and they start getting their feelings hurt and stuff like that. Yeah, but the the average you know salesperson is not a disinterested party. When you think of negotiations, you think of a typical negotiator is a third party, right? Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. So so so. 
a, a typical real estate agent might lack the impartiality Correct. that is necessary for a transaction. And you need to be able to fight for your client's interest. But anyway, the, the reason we're talking about this is because you need to get someone to show you or demonstrate for you their negotiating skills, their negotiation skills, before you hire them. Because just because someone's your best friend or just because someone's your brother-in-law does not mean that that's the person who is best capable of taking care of your interests. So let's talk about, and I don't know if we have the resource that we can actually reference here, and it's fine if we don't, but let's talk about how are we formed as people? Like what happens by what age? This, this information is fascinating. So those of you who are listening, buckle up. It's going to be good. So um, I was reading a study, and I don't got it in front of me, but okay. it was a Harvard study okay. about when our programming, you know, how much of our programming is in place by a specific age. And it was... And I love that thought. Programming. That programming. I, I, I picture my software getting yes. set permanently yes. in my brain. Yeah. I like that. That's okay. your behaviors. That's your thought process. Yep. That's how you react. That's what you believe. That's your perception. That's what I, so when you say something to me, I perceive it based on my programming, on programming. which is, which came into place because of my experiences. Yes. Fascinating. So we're all programmed about 50% um, by the age four. If, if I'm remembering it all right, 50%, but 50% by four. That's by okay. Four. We, we, we'll, we'll put the disclaimer yeah. out there yeah. that these numbers might not be exactly right, yeah. but the concept is right yeah. on. And then 80% by age eight and 90 for 95% by age 18. Which is amazing because they say you don't have too many memories like when you're younger than five, yeah. four, and don't quote me on this, but it's amazing we're still getting formed. So when I'm 18 years old. 95%, the first 20% of your life, you are 95% programmed. I'm 95% locked in. Yeah. Even if, by the way, I think about stuff is wrong, I'm still kind of locked in. Locked, yeah. And so how does that pertain to negotiations? And, we're, and I would assume it pertains to all negotiations. Husband and wives negotiate, boyfriends and girlfriends negotiate, businesses negotiate, churches negotiate with their people. It's always, hey, here's, how, here's what I think should happen, here's what I think should happen. How does this affect negotiation? Well, when, so when going into a negotiation and understanding that we're dealing with probably two, four, about six parties in this, you know, typically two sellers, two buyers, two real estate agents. So yep. we got six different people who have different perceptions and have different experiences, different real estate experiences. How, one may be... How many people did you say? Six. Buyer, seller... Agent, agent on one side, agent, agent on the other. Two buyers, two sellers. Typically, oh. two buyers, two sellers. Because mm -hmm. you could be in negotiation with your own clients, and they have two different well, perceptions. And you have appraisers. You have lenders yep, that are yep. trying to influence it. You have home inspectors. Yep. You have all that kind of stuff. You might have 15 people's personalities involved. <laughs> wow. So, um, But it, it, it greatly affects it because the agent, the agent who understands the empathy side and is able to communicate to their own clients, listen, here's what we have in play. These people don't know you. They don't know your intention. They don't know your heart. They don't know where you're coming from. They're not as mathematically inclined maybe as you are, but they have their own experiences with real estate and their feedback to you or their reaction to you is just based on that. It's not personal. And it doesn't mean you're not telling your people because they want this, you have to do this. Right. What you're saying is don't judge where they're coming from until you know where they're coming from. Okay. So 
So I don't know how much time we have for this, but I want like let's walk through. This. We got about four minutes okay. for this. Are so you okay got, if we do yeah. that? Okay, oh, good. Yeah. We might not be able to get to the second piece, and that's fine. We're going to talk about details being yeah. important. We can talk about that yeah. at another time. So the setup in any negotiation typically follows like this. Okay. An agent takes information from another agent to their client, relays it to their client. The client says, okay, here's my response. They go back to agent one. Agent one communicates the response to agent two. Agent two communicates the response to, I'm going to say, the other party over here. Yep. It's like the yep. telephone game. Yes. Uh-huh. So in negotiations, you have... I perceive what you said to me this way, so then I'm going to explain it based on my perception. They're going to perceive what I said to them this way, and they're going to explain it based upon their own perception. <laughs> so it you got four different, and sometimes six, yeah. different perceptions of things in play. Yeah. So the buyer can say, I want this. The buyer's agent perceives it this way. Then they communicate it to the seller's agent. They perceive it that way. Then it gets communicated to the sellers, and it's perceived in an entirely different way. Totally different. The The inflection of tone, the words could be triggering. I recently had a transaction where I represented the seller. And the buyer agent kept coming to me, and she would respond and say things. And, and I just knew, I'm like, something's off here. Either you're not explaining what I'm saying very well to your clients, because their reaction should not be that based upon what I'm telling you, or what you're coming back with to me at is an interpretation. And if I remember, this was something to do with like a little repair or something yes. like that. On, on like $500. On, on, on yeah. And so they, I, what, 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 I mean, would you mind sharing with yeah. us? You don't have to tell us the party's names, but like, what was it that they were worried about and what wound up happening? Because I remember you actually had a conversation with the buyer. I, I think. did. I, I bypassed the, I asked Ask. for permission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we get on a zoom? I would like to speak to them myself. Yeah. And it was um, a dishwasher repair. I mean, it was just a dishwasher repair. And, and, and they misunderstood it? Or and like, what was the problem? If you had to say, here was the main problem, what was it? What did the buyer perceive that was not accurate or the, not was not your seller's intentions? Um, the, and this was probably like six months ago. And I'm sorry if I'm no, putting you on the No, on you're the, good. Okay. The buyer did not feel that the seller had, um, I would say, enough motivation to want to work with them. So the buyer had a feeling, when I got to the heart of it, the buyer had a feeling that the seller was just hard-headed and did not have um, just enough motivation to want to work with them. And the buyer couple, um, they they had their own um, you know, background and history, and so they were already predetermined, mentally predetermined, that these sellers may have something against their relationship. And so when they did an so experience... when you say something against their relationship, uh, meaning they could have been prejudiced or something like that? They could have been. That, they could have no, discriminated against got it. them. Okay, okay. So they okay. were... They so were, they, they had in their mind that these sellers were up to no good, and the reality is, is the sellers were up to good. Yeah, they were. And if you explain... Once you explained it to the buyer and gave a little bit of humanity, gave a little bit of personalness to it, yeah. and I know that's not a word, or maybe, it's, maybe it is a word, um, then it made all the difference in the world. It made... And the buyers even told me, they're not my clients, but they said this phone Thank call you. was huge. Yep. So if you're in the market to sell a home, you're in the market to buy a home, you need to make sure you get connected with someone who is an expert 
in negotiating. And what I'm taking away from Tammy's advice is we got to meet other people where they are. Now, it doesn't mean we have to agree with them, but we got to meet them where they are because we've got to understand exactly what's going on. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about freedom from real estate. If you have been thinking about a real estate career, and there's so many people who got into it recently who are in the process of getting out, but if you're still thinking about it, this next segment is for you. Stick with us. We'll be back. <laughs> 